Life Audio. Hey there, Heather Creekmore here. I'm glad you're listening to the Compared to Who show today. Today we are doing a seven minutes of scripture episode. So I haven't done one of these all year, but if you're not familiar with seven minutes of scripture, it's where I take a passage of scripture and I tell you the body image or comparison implications of that passage in around seven minutes. Okay, sometimes I'm spot on and sometimes it's more like 17 minutes, (laughs) but this episode will be a little shorter than the other ones. And we're going to dig into a passage in numbers today. It might be a familiar story to you, but we're going to talk about how this story from the book of Numbers can encourage your body image issues today. Let's go. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. So today we're in the book of Numbers and we're looking at a story from the Old Testament where Moses and the Israelites have been Really, they've been on this journey through the wilderness after the Lord set them free from Egypt, where they were slaves, and they are to the edge of the promised land. And according to Numbers 13, verse 1, God says to Moses, send out for yourself men so that they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm going to give to the sons of Israel. He shall send a man from each of their father's tribes, every one a leader among them. And so essentially what happens is these 12 spies go into Canaan, go into the promised land to scout things out, to see how it will be when they, and they're going to have to fight, right, to get to take that land, but they are going to see how it will be to conquer that land and enter the promised land after a few years of roaming in the desert. Now, what you need to know is before this, for the last couple years, I think it's two years at this point, they have been wandering all over the desert. But if you look at Deuteronomy's chapter two, chapter three, you can see how every time they encountered a people group, God gave them specific instructions. God said, okay, yep, you're going to take over these people. So just go in and attack them. Okay, these people you're going to be friendly to. So just, you know, pay them and eat their food. Or these people you're just going to avoid altogether. Or every single time God told them what was going to happen. And he made them like little promises along the way, assurances that they would be safe, that they would be okay. Here's how to handle it. Do it my way and things will go well for you. So it's kind of an interesting scenario that these 12 spies go into the land of Canaan for 40 days 
and they come back and they're not in unison. Ten of the spies have one report and then two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, have a different report. But the report of the ten spies is kind of interesting. In Numbers 13, 28, we can read what kind of the summary is. It says, nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Amalek is living in the land of the Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites are all living in the hill country and the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. And essentially, these guys are saying, we can't compete with that. They're saying, God, we're not big enough. We're not strong enough to take them on. So maybe we shouldn't do this. And then Caleb, so remember I said Joshua and Caleb were the ones with the better report. Caleb quiets the people. This is Numbers 13, verse 30. And he says, we should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. But the other 10 guys, they kind of talk back. They're like, we cannot go up against these people. They are too strong for us. And so the 10 gave the sons of Israel a bad report. I'm in Numbers 13, 32, paraphrasing it a bit. But they gave the the sons of Israel a bad report of the land they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone and spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. There we also saw the Nephilim. Now, the Nephilim were these giant kind of people. These sons of Anak were part of the Nephilim. We we read about the Nephilim in Genesis. They were, some thought they were kind of half God, half human, but very large men is, is the point here. And we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. That's Numbers 13, 33. So what's the problem here, friends? It's a body image issue, right? These guys have decided they're not good enough. They're not strong enough. They're not big enough to do what God has asked them to do, what God has told them to do. Okay, now, just in case you're forgetting some of the history here, maybe you never knew it. God split the Red Sea for these people to walk through. Okay, there was one sea there. And the Red Sea, it's, I used to think when I was a kid, the Red Sea was just this little thing. But now that I've studied geography a little bit more, like, you know, the Red Sea's a pretty sizable body of water. And he just opened it right up and they walked through on dry land. Like, that's a pretty big miracle. Beyond that, he provided manna for them to eat every single day. So no matter where they were in the desert, no matter what was blooming or not blooming, famine or drought, they had consistent food every single day. In fact, there's another scripture that talks about how their shoes never wore out. After walking for two years, I mean, after walking for two months, my shoes wear out. But after two years of walking, their sandals never wore out. Out. God has provided for them over and again, and yet their body image issues are going to keep them <laughs> from going in to the land that he's promised because they compare what their bodies look like to what the bodies of the inhabitants of this land look like. They decide they can be disobedient to God. And so let's continue the story in Numbers 14. So what happens is, and this is Numbers 14, verse one, then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried and the people wept 
all night long. All the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in the wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. Now, context here again, my friends. In Egypt, they were slaves. Things had gotten really, really bad. They had no freedom at all. In fact, if you remember the story, because the Pharaoh was worried that the Israelites would get too strong and take over the Egyptians, they had the firstborn male and I think all the baby boys they were supposed to be killed at birth, right? That's the whole story of Moses. He his mom disobeyed that order. And saved him and put him in a basket. And he was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter, right? Like things were not awesome in Egypt. They have a bad case of revisionist history. If they think Egypt was better than possibly fighting these guys that are bigger than them. And then we go down to verse six. And finally, someone <laughs> speaks of some sanity. Joshua and Caleb Speak up. Now they tore their clothes. They're sad by the response of the people. But they tell the congregation, the sons of Israel, this is in verse 7 the land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land for they will be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But all the congregations said to stone them with stones. They're a little dramatic, aren't they? Then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of meeting to all the sons of Israel. So what happens next is God shows up. And in Numbers 14, starting around verse 11, we can see that God is really mad. And he's just ready to like wipe them all out. I think he's going to leave Moses and maybe a couple others, but he's ready to just be rid of them. And so Moses basically has to plead to the Lord for the people, plead, (laughs) plead for them to be spared. And I'll tell you what happens next right after this quick break. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. In fact, I love how Moses tells the Lord in verse 18, the Lord is slow to anger and abundant loving kindness, forgiving iniquity and transgression. It's like, 
Moses is reminding God, like, hey, remember, you're slow to anger. <laughs> remember, just just wait, give us a minute here. And so eventually what happens in verse 20 is God does pardon them, right? But there are consequences for their unbelief. And what happens is Joshua and Caleb get to go into the promised land, but pretty much everyone over the age of 20 years old does not. And they have to keep wandering in the desert. They never get to go to this land of promise that they had heard about for years and been walking for, walking towards for years because of the 40 days that they spied out the land and and were unfaithful. They have to spend 40 years in the wilderness. And then how this chapter ends is kind of odd, right? Then like these people that were like, no, we can't do it. They hear God's rebuke against them. And then they wake up and they're like, okay, we can do it. We're going to go fight them. And it doesn't go well, right? Because God is no longer with them. God is no longer promised them. God has given them new directions, if you will. And so chapter 14, verse 44 ends with, but they went heedlessly to the ridge of the hill country, neither the Ark of the Covenant nor the Lord nor Moses left the camp. So they're on their own. And the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in that hill country came down and they struck them and they beat them down as far as Hormah. So now you may be thinking like, how in the world (laughs) did we turn this into a body image story? And that's not really what it's about, right? But I do think there's great implications for those of us who have fear as we compare ourselves to other people. But here's the reality, my friend. In your comparison, right, like you are sinning, right? I've talked about that before. (laughs) We're not really supposed to envy other people or covet what other people have, including their body parts, right? Envy, jealousy, covetousness, none of those things are holy activities for our hearts, right? Beyond that, I think the story that I see woven through here is that God has plans and God has made promises to these people that the size or shape of their bodies will not affect, right? God is not worried that these guys are smaller than the guys in Canaan. God's not like, oh, this is a problem. I need you guys to start lifting more and eating more protein so that we can actually win this battle so you can go into the promised land. No, God's not stressed about it at all. And I think the implication for us is that too often we believe that we have to change our bodies in order to make God's plan come out okay. So maybe relevant example from my life would be, I thought I needed a certain body if I was going to get married. Maybe some of my single friends listening have believed that. But friend, God has a plan for you. If marriage is part of that plan, guess what? (laughs) Nothing you can do will alter that plan as long as you are faithful and obedient to him, as long as you are trusting him, looking to him and not comparing yourself to other people, saying to yourself, oh no, I'll never get married unless I look more like her, more like her, more like her. 
right? God's plans are not affected by the size or the shapes of our bodies. Maybe there's something else. Maybe there's something you feel like God has asked you to do, a serving role at church. Maybe he's asked you to sing up front or lead women's Bible study or or lead a Bible study in your home or do something else for him. And what's keeping you back is the way your body looks. Maybe you're saying to yourself, oh, if my body would just look like this, if I could just like lose this weight or fix this part or get toned like this, if I can just get my body together, then I can serve. Friend, that's disobedience. It's not what God asks. He asks us to serve. He's not, again, worried about your body not being good enough for the role that he's asked you to serve in. Just obey. Just take a step forward. Just trust that he has equipped you with everything you need to serve his purpose in your life right? Your body size and your body shape are not holding you back. And so really, as we think about this story of Joshua, Caleb, and the spies, right? This is really a story about who and what are we trusting? Are we trusting in our bodies to get the job done for us? Because like, what would have happened if they were bigger than all the other guys? I mean, I guess everyone would come back with a report like, okay, we're big enough, we can take them. Well, then who are they trusting in? Like, then that's not a victory for the Lord. That's a victory for them. And it's the same for us. Who are we trusting in? Are we trusting in God to open the doors for us? Are we trusting in getting our body to a certain size and shape and then the doors will open? Right? Are we, are we trusting that the Lord has a plan for us? Or do we believe that we have to have a certain look, a certain image in order for our plan to come together? That's what I'm challenging you to think about today, right? You can check out Numbers 13 and Numbers 14 if you want to read the story for yourself. But that's today's seven minutes of scripture. I hope something in it has encouraged you. And I am so glad that you're listening today to this show, which is now part of Life Audio. LifeAudio.com has a fantastic assortment of Christian shows. So go check it out, LifeAudio.com. Shows about every topic that's of interest to you. But I'm glad you're here today. Thank you for listening. And I hope something today has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to comparetowho.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at comparetowho.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. Hey. 
Hey friend, I'm Brooke McLaughlin, host of the Everyday Prayers Podcast, a ministry of Million Praying Moms, and I'm here to invite you to partner with God for the hearts of your children on the daily. Our goal at Everyday Prayers is to help moms understand and pray God's Word. Join us each weekday as we share insights from God's Word for today's Christian mom. Tune in to the Everyday Prayers Podcast in your favorite app or by visiting lifeaudio.com.